We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land on which we are recording today. We would also like to pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging and extend that respect to other Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders who are listening today. It all started 10 years ago in my kitchen. I asked my family what about energy ratings, and after a short pause, it was yes, yes, and yes. Hi, my name's Jonathan Tavella, founder of Freighter Consulting Services, director of Sustainability Tech Partners, and co-host of this podcast, which we've aptly named Sustainable. It's a series of episodes which aims to equip you, the listener, with the knowledge I've gathered on my journey. We'll be speaking with industry leaders that have a pivotal role in the sustainability movement. It's all about joining the dots for you. Joining the dots indeed. And as you've just heard, Jonathan has a wealth of experience under his belt when it comes to sustainability and the building industry. Me, not so much. Hi, I'm Neary Tai and I'll be the co-host on this podcast. Jonathan, my friend, has roped me along and hopefully we'll learn a thing or two on this sustainable journey. So if you're like me and want to build a dream home one day that's more environmentally friendly, hopefully by the end of this series, you'll be more informed and equipped to do so. This is Sustainable. So did you know buildings contribute to around a quarter of Australia's emissions and some of those buildings are still standing in 2050? Over 2 million Victorians use gas in their homes and businesses. That's more than any other state or territory. So the aim is not only to improve the built environment, but to educate the public about constructing greener homes for the future. It's an evolving industry before our eyes, with huge changes happening right now. To break it down for us, we chatted to Davina Rooney, CEO of the Green Building Council of Australia. I've had the privilege of being the CEO of the Green Building Council for three beautiful years. However, we've been long-term partners. So I started assessing buildings for the Green Building Council of Australia in 2007. So 15 years, you know your stuff. Well, look, it's always a joy to work with the leaders in industry. And it's, it's very funny. My first week in engineering, I designed a bridge that nobody built. And I did an embodied carbon report that was incredibly unfashionable at the time. (laughs) <laughs> but it's, I wonder what it's it looked all like. The talk, it's all the talk of the town now. So yeah. this is one of those things that lots of these things that are old in sustainability are new again. Yeah. And so I had a young graduate come and said, I'd really love to work in this area. How do we make it all work? And I was very fortunate to work for a leading global engineering firm. And I worked with them in London for an incorporated architecture and engineering design house and then in the Indian Himalayas on a leading sustainable building project for eight months as the resident engineer. Wow, that would have been an experience. So that was just amazing. And then I came back to Australia and was sort of like, how do I bring this long term into my work? And whatever I do, I have to bring that to the forefront. So I was loving doing engineering. And then I went to a large developer to take it to the next scale And then when I was given this fabulous opportunity where we can all lean in and do better together, that seems like a fabulous place to be. 
the last three years, what's what's happened? What have you been able to identify and implement by way of initiatives and how that meets what the movement of sustainability should look like? So our role is to transform the marketplace towards more sustainability. And we do four things in that area. So we rate buildings, a rating system called Green Star that has over 3,000 projects in it. We educate. So we do a lot of training work, training programs to make information more available. We advocate. So we work a lot with government to drive transformation. But then the most important thing we do is collaborate with our over 600 members because they're the fabulous cohorts out building tomorrow. And so they might be government, they might be large corporates, owners, developers, builders, product manufacturers, consultants, everyone involved in building the built environment. So when I look at the last three years, there's been a couple of things, and I'm really going to focus on Resi because I know that's a lot of your audience today. So the big one is the National Construction Code for 2022 was updated. Now, that's the first change in efficiency we've had in 12 years. And this is a really big deal. Australia's houses are internationally at lower efficiency standards than others and are affectionately called glorified tents by many. That is because you can be quite uncomfortable in them. When it's hot, you're too hot. When it's cold, you're too cold. So bizarrely in Australia, we have more deaths due to mild cold than Sweden. And this is the thing that impacts all Australians every day. And so the thing that we wanted to work with was community groups to talk about how it impacts Australians not having a house that takes care of you. And during the pandemic, we discovered even more than any other time, you're spending a lot of time at home and we realised how uncomfortable our houses are. That's why I'm so excited to see the National Construction Code upgrades that were only decided recently in 2022, where we committed to better design standards for Australians. But the other thing that I'll talk about is we've been running a huge program to engage with volume builders. How can we design better houses for tomorrow? And so we've created a Green Star home for net zero, healthy, resilient homes a home that's healthier for your family, designed for tomorrow's climate and will save you more than 75% on bills. And we have a range of really exciting partnerships with different financiers and insurance groups and other areas to make this accessible to everyone. And then we have some marketing campaigns with builders and TV shows on the horizon to increase everyone's awareness. Because let's face it, It's only boring engineers like me who get excited about houses and things like that. But when we don't get them right, it's not the best for people's quality of life. I think you're not the only one who gets excited. I think, I mean, this is a very interesting topic, especially when you raise, you know, the health benefits and that sort of thing and how much you can save on bills. I think a lot of people listening would be very interested in that. Absolutely. So the challenge has been that engineers like me in the past have shown graph on what makes change. We haven't talked about what it means to your family budget and we haven't talked about how it impacts the health of your kids. So recent Climate Council studies show that having gas cooking and heating in your home is the same risk for your kids for asthma as passive smoking. Wow. 
That's incredible. That is a bit of a worry. And so that changes everything, right? We need to help people to understand how to change their homes for the benefit of their family, for the benefit of their affordability, for the benefit of their community and the benefit of the planet. But carbon-only messages don't cut through. People don't. People talk to me about how do we drive more heat pumps And that's really important that people don't have an emotional relationship with their heat pump. They have an emotional relationship with your family. And so we've got to talk in terms that they can understand and realize that that is the key of unlocking critical policy benefits and change. I think the resistance being involved with Freighter Consulting for about 10 years, you always hear it, ah, it's out of the budget, it's too hard because it's not the normal. It doesn't fit within anyone's budget and people and thinkers widely. So what have Green Building Council of Australia done in the last three years to help people realise that, hey, it isn't that far, far-fetched. far It is achievable. It, it is achievable. Yeah, it can be yeah, within yeah. the budget. I mean, vol- if volume builders, like you just discussed, yeah. um, obviously they provide very affordable housing throughout Melbourne and Australia. Uh, if they can do it, why can't the builder around the corner do it for your house that you engage him to build for you? That, that's the whole vision for tomorrow, right? If we have these leading volume builders do it, two things change. One, they suddenly go from being nowhere to everywhere. And then the second part of it is that because they have volume deals with suppliers, they change what's available in the marketplace. Hmm. So I've spoken to fabulous German politicians who tell me that they double-glaze their pigsties at the same time that we don't do that for the housing for Australia's most vulnerable. What a comparison. Yeah, it's the fact that that single glazing is still, like it still exists and houses, like that's the goal to build a house. It's actually embarrassing because I don't think Europe even have single glazing as an option. Like you couldn't even get it if you wanted it. And that changes the cost equation when when in Australia we haven't had scale double glazing operations. Policy is really important. You know, so someone told me recently that designing a house for the future climate should be user choice. You know, people should do the research, they should think about, they should learn. Now, you could use that same argument to say that seatbelts should be voluntary because if you did all the research, you'd make the right choice. But the reality is people can't have a PhD in everything and research everything. So so the, the changes to the National Construction Code will change every builder, big and small's design for the future. So this is that key opportunity. This is that key moment for change. Now, I don't think that change would have been possible if we didn't have leading builders, like some of our partners, saying that they wanted to work with us on Green Star Homes, which incorporates the policy change and then goes further to work out what that looks like and sell that to customers. It takes a while to change the market. The moment that I think is going to be a game changer is there's a TV show that we're due to do with Jamie Dury about how do you take these concepts and how do you get excited about bringing more sustainability into your house. Getting and Jamie Jury involved. I know, bringing in the big guns. Well, you know, we're still working through production uh, content. He's a very charming man. He's a very charming man. And he's incredibly passionate about this space. And in particular, you know, he came into my office and 
we have all these gorgeous plants and he was telling me about the mulch and the plants and I learned a hundred things in about five minutes. But then we've been working with the banks. So CBA has a green mortgage in this space. NAB has just launched one. Excitingly, QBE has just brought in an insurance discount for these Ah, kind of homes. That's good. So like we're starting to see this market change and we've got to work with all parts of the market to get moving because we're playing about 30 years catch-up with Europe. Why is there such a big change recently, do we think? Uh, Are more people caring about the environment, finally? The NCC is, like, huge. Like, that makes... uh, It's not a voluntary thing anymore. It is now mandatory. (laughs) So that drives... It forces people to change. Davina, I'd like to go into just two things that you mentioned. One, Green Star Homes, and two, Passive House. So Green Star Homes is a program run by the Green Building Council of Australia and it seeks to have certification for homes that are uh, net zero, healthy, resilient. And the, the aim of our program is to work with volume home builders and bring in ranges at scale. And that's because our theory of change is that when some of our partners, Metricon, Rawson, Stockland, Mervac, Development WA, Landcomp, when those groups move, the market moves. Now, I've left out half of them, and that's really exciting because there's so many more. So we're very focused on that part of the market to drive change. Now, Passive House is a wonderful certification system out of Germany. We've got partners in Australia. They call the Australian Passive House Association, and they're incredibly focused on the thermal envelope of the home and how it's ventilated. And so they design buildings, not just homes, but we're talking residential in this context, that are super energy efficient. And um, they've been a partner of ours helping us review the standards for Green Star Homes. Now, for the eco-bossons on the line, I will absolutely (laughs) acknowledge that um, Passive House actually goes harder than Green Star Home in efficiency space. So one of our roles is to meet the market where it is and absolutely take it to scale. But they've been giving us incredible advice, particularly about how we bring together energy efficiency and ventilation to make sure that is a healthy home. So Davina, if I wanted a Green Star Home, how do I go about doing that? Where do I, Where do we start? The thing with Green Star Homes is you find a partner volume builder who's selling one. And how affordable are these Green Star Homes? Like, what are we talking? How much would one cost, for example? Compared compared to a similar house from that same builder that isn't Green Star. So this is one of the things that we're working through with the builders right now, and we're doing uh, a study with KPMG. So before the construction code changed, those numbers were higher than we wanted them to be. You know, so they were over $30,000. But we're actually redoing that because with the new National Construction Code, a lot of that cost was in the glazing, Mm. some of which will be changed with the construction code. What we did learn was with the cost savings, because people are actually generally buying their houses through mortgages, they were cash flow positive from day one, the 75% savings in the buildings would on average take four years off their home loan. Wow. And you mentioned before you were working closely with the banks. So what are some of the banks offering in terms of 
any insurance discounts or interest-free loans if you want to make your house more greener? So the banks generally have two kinds of ranges in this space. So, you know, wonderfully with partners like CBA and recent NAB launches, they're holding lower than market interest rates and sometimes quite substantially so to create a positive incentive to go into these homes. The second thing that we often see the partners doing is that for home upgrades, a number of them have interest-free upgrades. You know, so for example, if you want to put in insulation Mm. or heat pumps or things like that, we're seeing a couple of those offers across the range. The one that excites me was QBE announcing a discount on their insurance, like a 5% discount if you have a product designed for this range. Yeah, that's good. Neary asked how do I get a Green Star home? Could you actually build your own Green Star home and have it appropriately certified? No, not at this stage. And to be frank, that's why it was really great for me to talk about our partner at the Passive House Association. Right now, you can do a lot of the efficiency features with them. They do a lot of single houses within Australia and we publish the other things that we seek to do together. The challenge we have is that we've got to drive a huge change. And if we want to change everything, we've got to start with some of the big partners, move a big part of the market and use regulation to pick up all these other aspects and then work with leading partners who at the moment work with single dwellings. So much information, Davina. Thank you. Look, we've covered so many topics, but what are the main points that you want our listeners to walk away with? What would they be? We say the future's here now, you know, so everyone talks about these ideas for the future, having your home EV ready or solar, that future's for you right now. Australians deserve safe, healthy, affordable homes that walk more lightly on the planet. 57% of all of Australia's emissions in the built environment come from residential and then the last that you can make money by doing this, you know, over 75% energy savings when you start working this space. So the big thing is start today and there's never been more people leaning in this space to start helping you. Beautiful. Amazing. Thank you, Davina. Thanks for listening to Sustainable. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Click on the links for more information on the topics we've discussed today. Mm-hmm.